So heave a sigh of accomplishment. We have done it. Christmas of 2020. Now, please pray with me while we consider the incarnation we have encountered together. Holy One, you come to us in our disarray of pandemic. Help us to ponder your incalculable gift to the cosmos. Amen. Every year, every first Sunday after Christmas, we read this gospel, the wondrous words of the prologue of John's gospel. Nothing like it in scripture. And to get a sense of the splendor of John's opening hymn, I commend to you the vision of Earthrise from Apollo 8. Christmas Eve this year was the 52nd anniversary of that journey to the moon. Astronaut Bill Anders gave a message to all of the people back on Earth. No official directed what he should say. He was on his own. Looking out into unknowable space, he was moved to read from Genesis. On YouTube, we can still see the popped, bright, curved surface of the moon in the blackness of space. Staticky radio noise giving a sense of vast distance. Astronaut Anders intones, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form and void. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Meanwhile, out another window behind him, the earth in its blue splendor rises into view from in the spaceship. Bill Anders did a quick turn and took an unscheduled photo. We call it Earth Rise. Somehow, the writer of John had a vision like that in his head. Ponder with me John's hymn to our creating, redeeming, sanctifying God. When John said, in the beginning was the word, the actual word he used is logos, Greek for word. As John uses it, he means Jesus the Christ the word of God. Other scriptural writers talk about the word of God, and for them, it's a common expression of revelation, like we say, hear the word of the Lord after reading a lesson. 
But for John, word, logos, is incarnate God, delivering all, to all creation. So creation meets its progenitor. John's creation is really greater than the one in Genesis. In Genesis, it talks about the earth and the solar system. But John's logos is the creator of infinite space and eternal time where none of our words can follow. We can only imagine. So I invite you to imagine. Close your eyes and let yourself float in the beginning, before the Big Bang. No light, no time, only God. God the creator, pure love, desiring expression in fullness of being, male, female, complete, breathing. Take a breath with God. We can do that as the body of Christ. God longs for hearts on whom to bestow love. We humanly know what that longing feels like because God has created us in God's own image. Take another breath with God and in your mind's eye, form a picture of someone you love. Feel your heart stir. What has come into being in Jesus is life and love. There is darkness, we know, but the darkness does not overcome love. God came into the world as Logos not only to redeem us from sin, but to help us remember that light and life are in the world as constant assurance. We can see what God has created. We are assured we have the power and the choice to commit ourselves to living as children of God. The prologue in John is unlike the other three evangelists. John gives us no genealogy, no history, no backstory. It is a hymn sung by the community formed around by the followers of the anonymous author of John. And scholars, of course, have many ideas about this hymn that sings the overture to the gospel. One interpretation I like is that the intrusion of the man named John into that hymn is inserted by a later commentator. Hold on, it says. Some clarity, please. What does this poetry have to do with us, us mortals you're talking to? So the prologue and the whole Gospel of John become a conversation. 
As the word enters the world, tension creeps in. The word was in the world, but the world did not know him. His own people did not know him. So then the witness of that interpreter modulates to a voice of invitation. We are all introduced to the very character and nature of God and how God's self is made known to the world through Jesus. The word is no longer distant and abstract in the last chorus of the poem, that hymn. Now the word has become flesh and lived among us. The word translated lived means tented or pitched a tent with God. So we have pitched a tent with God's people just as the original people did in the wilderness. We are invited equally to pitch a tent with God alongside the members of that original church. That universe John created, remember, has all space and all time. We can all pitch a tent there. This Christmas tide, let us receive more than a baby in a manger. As the astronauts on Apollo 8, in encountering the moon, beheld the living globe of the earth. So let us seize this presence of the Logos, God in flesh. Let us recommit ourselves to the one who created all things and who gave us power to become God's own desired children. Amen.